Hello there, and welcome to the Big Boss Book Club. Before we jump in, uh, please go give Big Boss Book Club a follow on Instagram and Facebook. And you can also get us on Twitter at BigBoss010. Uh, this podcast is available on pretty much any podcast platform. Please go give it a follow, a like, a review, subscribe, whatever you need to do. Any and all support is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining us. So, this week, looking to do something a little bit uh, different. First time for me, I'm going to do a flesh and blood classic constructed deck tech. Um, before we go any further, we'll say I'm probably not the most experienced player on earth. Um, I don't have like a, a thousand plus games under my belt with this deck or, or anything like that. This deck was really a bit of an experiment that hasn't done too badly. Um, been working back and forth with a couple of different people on it and I really just wanted to, to get it down because um, it's like the first deck in a while that's actually quite excited me. Um, so it's still a work in progress as well so it has evolved from a, a bare bones 60 card frame to a to a, a working deck with a with a sideboard. Um, the deck list is online on FabDB and I have noted all the times I've made any changes to it as well. So the hero in question is Oldim. Um, as soon as Oldim was previewed, I was like, this is the hero for me. He looks like a, a Space Marine Terminator equipped with a, a, a Storm Shield and Thunder Hammer as opposed to a Bolter and Sword or Club or whatever. And I was just like, this is awesome. Um, illustrated by uh, Alexander Mokov. I hope I've pronounced that right. Absolutely phenomenal. Just just really awesome. Um, if you were following last season, you know I also played Old Him in um, uh, Smithall's Commoner League via Discord. Great effect and to great annoyance to everyone I played against. <laughs> I, I think I, my record at the end of it was like 8-1, and one, I think, in terms of games, because each game was best of three. I think I only lost one game the whole time I was playing him. Um, so yeah, I absolutely love Oldham. I think he's brilliant. Um, in fact, the only reason I even bought any Guardian cards was because of Oldham. I didn't really have any at the time. Um, was pretty much strictly just me- Mechanologist, Runeblade. Um, yeah, Mechanologist, Runeblade, oh, Brute and Brute. That was pretty much it. So the only reason I even have any Guardian cards is, is really solely because of uh, Oldham. So from the uh, the main, the official Flesh and Blood uh, webpage, um, Oldham's uh, specific hero page is pretty cool. So essentially he is part of a group called the Olin, who were the defenders of Arya, who um, allied with the Ancients, which from what I'm reading makes them sound like I guess they're kind of like Godzilla, kind of like kaiju type deals by the sounds of it. From from what I'm, again, this is my interpretation. Um, the it sounds like they would come to the defence of the the people of Arya when things were, you know, kicking off. But they would, of course, inadvertently massacre hundreds of people in the process. So, 
it sounds like these sort of guardians stood up against the old ones, which I don't know if it's intended to be on par with like the HP Lovecraft sort of mythos, but like Cthulhu is like it sounds it, it, it sounds sort of um, by imagining this instance, you're probably looking closer to sort of Ursa and, and Blasma Feta probably um, more in line with what they were looking for. So the lore piece on the Main Flesh and Blood website is really good. I'm not going to go through it all, but um, but the gist of it is essentially Oldham has been frozen in time. I mean, this guy clearly thinks he's slightly Captain America, but he has now broken free or, or been released. So he's searching for his fellow Guardians and, and again feeling that Arya and, and Wrath are once again in, in mortal danger. Stats-wise... Standard, 40 intellect, 20 health on young hero, 40 health on old hero. Oldim is an elemental guardian, so his card pool is phenomenal. You're looking at earth cards, ice cards, plus elemental cards. Also guardian, and elemental guardian, and generic. I mean, that is a massive, massive pool of cards. Um... His ability is actually a defense reaction, which is really cool. Costs three resources. Essentially, if you pitch an earth card, it prevents the next two damage you would take. But if you pitch an ice card, your opponent has to put a card from their hand on the top of their deck. Which, again, is pretty darn useful. And, of course, if you're pitching Pulse of Eisenloft, which we'll go into in a little bit, it counts as both. Therefore, you activate both sides of that ability, which is pretty cool. So that's really a bit of a brief introduction because the, I know the uh, the sideboarding element of this is going to be a bit longer than normal. So we'll go for a quick break. We'll come back. We'll just have a quick look through the deck, go through sort of the strategy on, on what the deck is aiming to do, look at sort of sideboarding, and then we'll uh, we'll try and get out of here and let you enjoy the rest of your week. So we'll be right back. Okay, so, Oldham, um, Grandfather of Eternity, is our hero. We have um, the equipment. We start off with Winter's Whale as our weapon. Crater Fist as our handpiece. Crown of Seeds as our head equipment. Ironhide Legs as our leg equipment. Um, Stalgamite, Bastion of Eisenloft as our offhand. And Findel Spring Tunic as our body piece. Um, coming in at 21 reds in the main deck, we have uh, 3 Endless Winters, 3 Frostfang, 3 Oaknold, 3 Sink Below, 3 Snow Under, 3 Spinal Crush, and 3 Winter's Bite. No yellows in this deck, we go straight into blues, which is uh, 3 Autumn's Touch, 3 Channel Lake Frigid, 3 copies of Evergreen, 3 copies of Frostfang, 3 copies of Insidious Chill, a Pulse of Eisenloft, uh, just a one-off. Uh, imposing Visage times 3, Snow Under times 3, Winter's Bite times 3, and Winter's Grasp times 3. So that equates to a 49 card main main deck deck, not, not including equipment. The sideboard includes uh, Null Rune Boots, Null Rune Gloves, and the Arcane Lantern for the equipment slots. Then for the main deck we have 3 copies of Blizzard, 3 copies of Glacial Footsteps Blue, Three copies of Crush the Week, red. Two copies of So Tomorrow, blue. 
three copies of Staunch Response Blue, two copies of Chokeslam Blue, three copies of Biting Gale Red, and then three copies of That All You Got. So that's essentially the main deck and the sideboard. Um, so what's the game plan? Well, that's really easy. Uh, we're after uh, high-level disruption while maintaining uh, a good level of aggression. So we're looking to hit those effects that make your opponent pay or discard to either A, try and force them to block, or B, if they don't want to block, their next turn they will lose cards from their hand. Um, the deck is... Aimed at Fi at this point because I can't stand him. <laughs> so the the premise of the deck really was to focus around Insidious Chill as the main thing of the deck. So Insidious Chill basically says whenever you um, ice fuse, your opponent either has to discard a card or pay two resources. Now when you look at a lot of the cards that ice have available so winter's bite is the same your opponent discards a card or pays x resources frostfang your opponent discards a card or pays x resources really wanted to go in on that because your opponent either has to block them out or will discard or pay cards the option they choose is really irrelevant the idea is come their turn they don't have much to do and then it goes back to your turn and you can continue the onslaught I have made quite a few changes to the deck a little bit more recently. So I've added in Imposing Visage. It's probably one of the last changes I did. So when I was testing the deck out, I found that I wasn't getting Insidious Chill consistently. Or when I was getting it, it was a bit too late in the game. You do really need to kind of see it as early as possible. So I, I think the first game I tested... It literally came up probably three quarters of the way through, at which point I couldn't afford to give up a turn to play it. Um, but the one good thing about imposing vigilance is, okay, you have to pay six to bring out Insidious Shell, but essentially it comes with go again. So you're kind of paying the three for go again and the extra opportunity to find it. So it, I felt, having seen a lot of Bravo decks including it for Showtime, it kind of felt reasonable to add it into Olden for, for Insidious Chill. So, Imposing Visage is basically X plus 3. X is the cost of the aura you want to go get from your deck and put into play. But Imposing Visage does have go again. So again, it, you can maybe swing the hammer after it if you've still got a card left in hand. If you've got a card in Arsenal, etc. You've, you've still hopefully got some options available to you. And it's also a great thing to find in your first hand, because you can essentially just cycle your entire hand that turn, which is never a bad thing. So, the a few cards that you'll notice in there, so we have Red Snow Under, um, and Blue Snow Under as well. We had uh, Oakenold, and Endless Winter as well. So, they go... yeah, there we go, yeah. So, pretty staple... I do like Snow Under for creating that Frostbite on hit, and Snow Under at red is 7 damage, so it's quite, it is quite nice. Oakenold is Oakenold. 
and Endless Winter is Endless Winter. I, I, the good thing about all of them is they all ice fuse. So even Oakenold is ice and earth, so you're still going to trigger the Insidious Chill. So Snow Under is going to come steamrolling in, and you're either going to have to completely block it, or you're going to gain a Frostbite. And then in the interim of that, you've also had to consider discarding a card or paying two resources on the back of it. So... Snow Under, I think, is a, a really, really good card. Um, Oakenold is the same. You're going to lose two cards at random because it's a Dominate, the plus two Dominate and on hit. But then you're also going to have to either discard a card or pay two resources. So again, you're in this position where you're really losing cards from your hand pretty quick because you've either got to block it out or you've got to, you know, just take the hit. Um... An Endless Winter, I love Endless Winter, for an 8 damage attack that can really, really slow down an opponent and just bog them down for a turn is, is, is wonderful. Especially in something like Dromai, where your opponent needs to be doing activated abilities, and every time they try it, they get a Frostbite token. So yeah, I mean, they can pitch and, and gain more Ash, but they can't really do anything with it. So... The Frostbite generation is, is, isn't as important as getting the cards out of hand, but I think it is still very important because you've got Winter's Whale, of course, which, which can do it as well. Um, the Snow Wonders, which can do it. So there's still are an Endless Winter as well. So they are still a factor, Frostbites, but it's getting that Insidious Chill ability, the ability from the Frost Fangs, the ability from Biting Gale, the ability from Winter's Bite. It, the, the aim is really to get them working. Um, Frostfangs and Winter's Bite, they really do the heavy lifting. Um, I had been tempted to try and squeeze in the yellow versions of both, uh, the two pitch versions. I really couldn't justify taking anything else out for them though, um, which was a bit of a shame because that forced discard pay, whether you're using it with Winter's Bite or the on-hit effect of Frostfang, it puts a damper on an opponent's day. I played against a, a Leviathan player using the deck, and it got to a point where he got into one of his turns. He had nothing he could do, and he had like nine blood debt, and he died. You know, it it was it was good. I played against Kano. Good luck doing anything when you've got no cards in your hand. <laughs> um, you're you can sit there behind one blue or whatever, and your opponent has to figure out what he's doing with his cards. So. Even against Kano, this deck has done quite well. Um, Block-wise, we have gone with Stalagmite over uh, Rampart. A couple of reasons, really. One, I like the Frostbite generation that comes from uh, Stalagmite. I really, really like it, in fact. Uh, there's been a couple of games where my opponent's just had to stop because he couldn't afford to pay the Frostbite to attack again. Um, so that it has been super useful. There's also the fact that I don't own a Rampart of the Ram's Head as well. <laughs> so that's uh, my biggest reason for not playing it. Um, initially, I did use Tectonic Plating in the deck, essentially for the for the block. Um, I do now run Tunic. The deck isn't as defensive as maybe an, an, another version of Aldim could be. So... You're still getting that free crown of seeds once every three turns. And I have had a couple of games where I've been like, 
oh, that one resource has meant I didn't need to... I I could work off a two-card hand as opposed to needing a three. So it, it has kind of worked out for me in, in a few games I've tested. So at the moment it's staying in, but I may very well change my mind. You may wonder as well where uh, I haven't got Heart of Ice on the list. Um, I do kind of really always want to be using the Spring Tunic where possible. But again, the main thing is I don't own a Heart of Ice. <laughs> um, there was a point one, uh, not too long ago I nearly got one. It went way too high for my liking on, on eBay, so I, I didn't bother bidding again. But yeah, it, it, I don't own one, so it's not in there. So we do have the Autumn's Touches in there. They are there, and the Evergreens. They are really there for the, the Fuse, the Okanol Fuse. I mean, Autumn's Touch does block for three, which is great. And they can both be pitched for my ability, for Odium's ability. But really, they're in there for the for, for the, the Fuse for Okanold. One thing, I mean, Channel 8 Frigid is in there. Um, it has been very useful, but I am possibly considering getting rid of it as well because it it hasn't pulled its weight as much as like Insidious Chill has, and I would much rather spend the resources getting that out. The Winter's Bites, actually, I will say, were a bit of a last-minute addition. The blue ones were in there anyway. The red ones were a suggestion. Um, so they went in, and... And they seem to work, especially in sort of like your low-cost decks. Don't like having to pitch three reds from their hands, so they'll more than likely just discard a card. Which again kind of helps with your fatigue match if they decide to do that. Because, you know, you want them to rather discard than pay if, if possible. Now, there was a couple of changes I did make. Um, I was originally running Eisenhower Weathervane. Ice Quake and Chill to the Bone, but when I was running testing, it just didn't feel effective. Like the weather vane was great, but it was very specific, and it had to kind of be done that turn, and there wasn't any guarantee I could do it on that turn, and I just ended up pitching it for the Winter's Whale. It, yeah, it 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 wasn't great. Ice Quake I do like. It's a very low pump, but I do like. The fact that it causes the on-hit for the frostbite. But again, there were other things that, that made more sense going in. And Chill to the Bone was the same. I had three of them in initially. I took them out for the... Uh, it was the Winter's Bite, I think, I put in for them. Um, again, just weren't as consistent as hitting the Frost Fangs, hitting the Insidious Chill, hitting the, the Biting Gale. They felt more consistent. So, in one game where I played against Kano as well, they went into their turn with one card, no Arsenal, and three Frostbites. So, even my opponent was kind of like, I, the three didn't feel necessary, because I was they were already going into their turn with practically nothing, and they couldn't play anything anyway. So, it just kind of stopped their turn, but I guess on the flip side, that's kind of the point. <laughs> um and as I said, I did increase the number of Earth cards because originally there was just the the Eisen Eisenloft um, and the uh, Autumn's Touch, so I did chuck in the Evergreens 
saw a couple of deck lists that were including them online felt that they could be useful so I, I, I rolled with them and, and put them in I mean it's a blue pitch, it's earth it blocks I mean, it only blocks for two but mm, it, it, it can be used with Oakenold which essentially is the point so that is really it in terms of the deck and the general point of the deck and how it works We'll go for another quick break, we'll come back and we will have a look at the actual sideboard and what I'm looking at using it for, um, going to sort of a little bit about the reasons for those picks um, and then we'll have a look at sort of a few things that I was thinking about changing moving forward but we'll see how the deck develops. So we'll uh, be right back. Welcome back, so now we'll have a quick look at the sideboard, so, well, I'll say a quick look. <laughs> um, the sideboard guide is, is still, again, it's a work in progress, I'm still developing it. Um, the deck is still very much in progress as well, but the purpose really of this is to maybe give you some ideas, some thoughts, take what I say, maybe give it your own twist, let me know always open to new suggestions this deck has changed so many times because of interactions with other players and and their thoughts on it so i'm still happy to to open the door for any suggestions so um yeah so a quick look at the sideboard essentially the main deck is 49 cards so essentially it's just 11 cards going in from the the main card sideboard now i will say again I am still super excited to be working on this deck. If you listen to my uh, commoner deck tech for Oldham last season, you'll know I, I, I just like Oldham. He's so cool. So um, this deck originally was sort of designed because of the rise of, of Fi. Um, I went to an armory where I played three rounds. Each round was against Fi. I was playing as Leviah because I, I didn't realise that people at my local armory were... Um, going to be that horrible so I rocked up with a, a proper nice cool let's give this a run deck and of course I got trounced so I sort of went home and I was like I'm angry, need to build something and I was like let's crack hold him out hold him till I get out when I'm when I'm angry <laughs> so the ninja sideboard um, and I'm saying ninja not just because of Fi but but also Katsu, I, th I think I would probably run the exact same. Um, three copies of that all you got. Three copies of Blizzard. Three copies of Biting Gale. Two copies of So Tomorrow. So pretty much speaks for itself there, I think. The Blizzards are there to try and stop Go Again, which in theory should be quite easy. You know, if you, if you play it at the right moment, you are going to stop Go Again. And that cuts your opponent, you know, down to size um the so tomorrow basically allows me to just re recur those endless winters at Oakenolds, which would generally be the cards you're looking at um bringing in um i am still looking to see how i can get crush the week and choke slam in here um mainly crush the week one of the reasons being crush the week is just absolutely devastating if it lands um one of my thought processes was to take out the 
uh, snow under reds for them just because you've still got the frost fangs you've still got the snow under blue you can still hit those cards that that attack but i think having the on hit of crush the weak being so devastating to ninja um that's probably where i would go with it choke slams i don't know i don't know where i'd get them in but we'll, uh, we'll have to see um so one of the other things obviously on the back of this you may be wondering is well what do you do against dromai so now prism is is shuffling or, or shuffled depending on um how long it takes for this episode to get out and how long it takes for LSS to update. Um, the Illusionist sideboard is pretty much what you would expect. So it's three copies of Glacial Footsteps, which are taking over the blue snow under. Three copies of uh, Blizzard. Three copies of That All You Got. Two copies of Chokeslam. One copy of Crush the Week. And two copies of So Tomorrow, which is essentially just... You know, keeping the the popper count high. Um, the first game I played against Dromai, I didn't have a few of these cards in the deck, and I didn't fare well. <laughs> Dromai just got too many dragons out that I couldn't do anything about. When I could do something about it, I really needed the attack for the next turn. So yeah, the. I have increased the number of 6 plus damage attacks in there. So, yeah, essentially this is where we see extra changes. So we do lose the Snow Wonders, because, again, they're not really that useful. The, again, the So Tomorrows, get you back that 6 plus damage attack. I do love that all you got, because it also works on the Dragon Attacks, which is quite nice. And drawing extra cards when you're up against uh, Dromai is, is super useful. Then we looked at rune blades. So rune blades are quite annoying, but they're not as annoying as maybe they could be. So my sideboard for that is simply just removing the iron hide legs to replace them with null rune boots. We put in three biting gale, two crush the weak, three blizzard, and three staunch response. So crush the weak was a little bit of an extra add at the end for me because I realised that. Even things like um, things like Vexing Malice, cards like Swarming Gloomvale, they're all three, so well or less. So actually, um, it 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 works just fine. Crush the weak will if it obviously hits and lands its crush effect, will stop your opponent um, throwing those attacks at you for a turn. Which again, in Rune Blade is pretty pretty cool. The staunch response, because obviously they can go quite tall with things like Shrill of Skullthorn, or if you're up against like um, uh, Briar, gets that Channel Mount Heroic out, you need something a bit more uh, oomph. Biting Gale is still another one of those cards I think is massively underappreciated. I know it costs two and it only blocks four, but if you Ice Fuse it, your opponent discards a card or pays two resources. And then, if you have Insidious Chill Out, it activates again. <laughs> so your opponent has to discard two or pay four, which is pretty good. Um, that means they can attack you, and you can pretty much get rid of their entire hand if if that's where they are. Um, and that's that's not a bad thing. The 
So let's have a quick look. So I would probably also say that sideboard, sideboard works well into Guardian, Brute, and Ranger as well. You just won't bother with the Arcane Barrier defense. Um, and then generally you're probably going to find yourself using Blizzard more for the pitch and throwing the uh, the hammer as opposed to its actual own ability. But that's fine as well because it's still a blue pitch that's going to fire a frosty four damage at your opponent. Then finally for the sideboards, um, Wizard. Wizard specifically more Kano but obviously Icelander's in there as well. Uh, two, the, all the Arcane Barrier equipment comes in. Um, we have the two So Tomorrows, three Glacial Footsteps, uh, two Choke Slams, three Blizzards, and one Crush the Week. So, Crush the Week is, is there just solely for the fact that it's a big, chunky attack. You want to force that block. It doesn't matter if your opponent lets it through. If I mean, you can either get it through, or, you know, it it, it, it doesn't matter. You, the aim is to try and just get the cards out of your opponent's hand or force on some big damage. So that's really it in terms of the sideboard. Again, it's not the most, you know, detailed of sideboards. It's not got because I haven't seen much play in terms of like Warrior. I don't really know anyone who plays Warrior that I play with on a consistent basis. So all the ones that I've gone through are really the ones I am playing on a more consistent consistent basis. So that's really it for the sideboarding. Again, this is still subject to change. The more I'm testing, the more these sideboards are, are altering. Um, the deck list, which I will put a link in for in the description of the show, I'm always updating that. So when I have updated, I will put in what the update is, and I will amend the sideboards accordingly. Um, but I think that is um, a solid sideboard for where I am at the moment. There's probably an argument to just change to Bravo, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> right, so we're going to go for another quick break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll have a quick sort of final thoughts about the deck, um, how testing's been going. Um, I do want to give a couple of shout-outs as well in this episode just for people who've really helped with this uh, deck. And then we'll, we'll get out of here and uh, you can enjoy the rest of your week. So bear with me. We will be right back. Welcome back. Okay, so again, I will say this deck is a work in progress and I can see plenty of changes coming up in the future as well. Um, a few cards I'm toying with, Hypothermia is one of them, um, potentially taking out the Channel Lake Frigid. Um, so there's a few different things that I am eyeing up. Uh, the Channel Black Expanse, Bleak Expanse, that is one that I, I kind of want to try and fit in. I just don't know if, if if I can and keep the deck as consistent. So at the moment, Hypothermia is probably more likely what I'm, I'm going to try and, try and squeeze in. Um, again, testing-wise, I've been testing quite a bit against like Dromai and Leviya and... Um, Dash and I've played games against uh, Kano. There's been a fair bit of testing going on with this deck in terms of like the people and, and heroes that I played against. Haven't really seen any play in terms of like Dorinthia <laughs> or Bolton actually. In fact, I've not played either of the Warriors with this deck 
at the time of recording this anyway so that's something I would like to try and change coming up but I feel like it has a good good match into other Guardians and Brutes because of how expensive their stuff is being able to disrupt their hand to such a degree is good Ninja as well being able to disrupt the hand especially Fi um, because of how much damage he can put out in a turn being able to just wipe his hand out on your turn is, is super useful Still very tempted to go back to Tectonic Plate in. Um, there's been a couple of points where I've been like, oh, it's nice to have that one resource every three turns, but there's been a couple of times where I've had like a four cost in my hand and I've not been able to play it. And I'm like, man, if I had Tectonic Plate in, I would have probably had a Seismic Surge token, which would have let me play this card. For example, Endless Winter. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to give them a little bit more, long, a little bit longer. I haven't been testing Spring Tunic as long as I had um, Tectonic Plating in the deck, so we'll see how it goes. I, I do want to give a couple of shout outs. So I do want to give a shout out to uh, Pascal um, for helping me with the deck. Um, we've had a lot of back and forth making changes, um, so a huge thank you. You can follow him on Twitter at Superworm, uh, S U P P E R W O R M. Um, also, go again gaming on Twitter as well. As has been super, super kind to have this Discord server where we can all get together and play. And uh, it, the the testing guys on there, um, Mason and uh, Dane, so we get together pretty much every Tuesday and are playing games to test these test these theories out. As I said the the deck's been coming along. I've definitely seen a lot of progression with it while we've been testing I say me and Pascal going back and forth kind of with the deck like what changes have been made okay what can we do maybe different is this consistent is that consistent yeah it, it had a lot of help with this deck so far and I'm, I'm really enjoying playing it so we are going to finish up there I said a bit of a short episode I'm not the CC expert so I haven't got months and months of data to uh, to go through with you I do just want to say though like I don't like Fire as a hero. Um, I always felt Ninja had the potential to be really horrible. And Fire proves that they can be. And being able to throw as much damage out as he can in a turn. And recur as well. Because once you've got three Phoenix Flames in the discard. There's a good chance you're going to be getting w at least a minimum one a turn back. You're probably going to get more than that because there's so many cards that you can use in fire that let you pick up Phoenix Flame. So it's it's a little horrible. Um, and I said three three straight rounds against it at an armory, local armory, really soured me. Like I was kind of okay on the fence, but then I had those three games and I was like, no, this is this is this is not happening. Um, the Oldham deck was developed as a very much a heavy disruption, aggressive deck. The deck isn't aiming to fatigue your opponent. There's no real way of pivoting to that strategy either. I mean, you probably could if you just pitched for your weapon and, and that was it all game. But Oldham, this Oldham is looking to try and throw attacks to, to trigger that insidious chill. So I'm super looking forward to seeing how this deck does in the future, actually. Because if I was going to go to it, unfortunately, I, I don't qualify for Nationals. But if I did, this would 100% be the deck I'd be taking. Because I think it's super fun. And the aim is to be controlling without being control. And I think 
there has to be room for all of them to be like that. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, reach out, let me know. Are you playing Oldham? How are you playing Oldham? Is there something that you would suggest for this deck list? I will be putting the deck list on. Uh, well, the deck list is already on FabDB. Um, I will put a link for it in the, the show um, listing as well. So you can go check it out. Welcome to any and all feedback. I'm constantly looking to try and improve on this. Constantly looking to just improve in general. So more than welcome to take on any feedback. And again, are you playing Oldham? How are you playing Oldham? Is Insidious Chill something you've even considered? I'm interested to know. You can subscribe, like, follow the show on things like Spotify, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Um, if you hit me up on Instagram, Big Boss Book Club or Twitter, Big Boss 010, there is the link tree there. The link tree will take you to everywhere that you would need to go to support the show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. I'm Big Boss. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>